Hello, everybody. Welcome to so-called Fantasy Experts Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Travis Pastor. As usual, I'm your host. Uh, tonight we are joined by, uh, how do I describe you best, Jack? I don't know. He's a contributing writer. He does a lot of our fantasy football content. He uh, is an all-around great guy. Jack Delaney. Jack, how are you doing tonight? Good. Uh, that's a good introduction, so I'll stick with the uh, the great guy part. <laughs> See, I, was t- I try to make these different uh, every time. Um, before uh, we get into anything, should obviously get our social media out there. You can find me at the real Travioli. Jack, what is your handle again? Just at at um, on Twitter. I'm at your FF coach. That's it. And you can always tweet us at so-called fan X. Um, any questions, you know, start sit uh, trade offers. Um, if you've got any tough call or tough breaks this week or tough breaks in the draft, you could tweet them at, uh, one of our writers, Pete, at Panfather, P-A-N, father. Um, he puts together a story each week about all the uh, worst breaks of the season. So it should be a fun read. And if you got a good enough one, might get in there. Um, so NFL season starts in almost 24 hours. Uh, so Jack and I are going to go through you know, who we think the most valuable fantasy players will be and just some of our our beliefs of who we've been drafting and, and stuff like that. Um, Jack and I did the first so-called fantasy expert fantasy football podcast back in like April, maybe March. Um, I don't even remember how long ago. Do you? We had one, I think it was either a week or two before the draft. And then I think we met up one more time after the draft. And yeah, I think that, that was the last time. So around April-ish. Yeah, I know we did a we did a free agency one too, so we'll link those if you want to go back and see what we had to say. But most people's drafts are in the books. Most people's, uh, you know, the first waiver wire moves probably have even gone through. Um, so off the bat, who do you think will be the most valuable fantasy asset this season? At the, you know, let's break it down. We'll do at the running back position first because it'll be hard to pick just one person overall. I know there's a lot of talk at who who should go number one between Bell, Lacey, Charles, and Peterson. You think any of them takes the crown as a top uh, fantasy running back this year or uh, somebody else? Well, I had the first pick in, I believe, two of my drafts, and I went with Eddie Lacey both times. Uh, they're PPR drafts, and I know he got a lot more work last year. I think he went from, like, 200 receiving yards to 400 uh, in his sophomore campaign. And he's relied a lot for uh, first downs. And with Jordy Nelson out, I think uh, Rodgers is going to kind of look to get some more quick dump offs if he doesn't have necessarily a lot of rapport with Devontae Adams or James Jones is just a little slower getting out there. I think Lacey's going to see increased work in the – passing attack, and he's also he's not as old as Peterson or Charles or some of these other guys, and I would say Bell would probably be one of the best backs, but those two games, I think, just hurt him. I don't think he can finish as a top back when you miss two games. Yeah. Uh, I'm looking at Bell's stats right now, and receiving last year, he had 854 yards receiving 83 receptions. 
Um, I think he could probably do that again because the Pittsburgh Steelers don't really have a ton of offensive weapons between him besides him and Antonio Brown. Those are, you know, if you're going to have two, those are good too. Um, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say Jamal Charles is going to be the best running back this year. Um, he's been very consistent. He, I think last year was his worst average yards per carry, and it was like right around five. I think with Macklin in there, um, they actually have a receiving threat that teams can't just key on, you know, Charles out of the backfield or, or, or stack the box as much. I know the uh, passing game still not as great as you'd want it, but uh, I think Charles a couple of years ago was making a case to be the best uh, running back, and that kind of, you know, fell off with a couple other guys coming in. I'm I'm really liking Charles. I haven't had the first pick um, in any drafts, so I've been sort of going after Charles if I've had three or four. Um, so I think uh, I think I think Charles is my bet, but I definitely could see Lacey, especially with the injury to uh, Jordy Nelson, getting a lot more work. Um, how, how do you think Jamal Charles will fare this year? Yeah, I actually heard they're going to try to rest him a little more and keep him kind of healthy for the playoffs. So, it's, I mean, he's productive when he's on the field. So that's just the thing. He has to stay healthy. And now Davis, he's a viable backup and a guy who can be a playmaker when he's in. So even if uh, Charles sees a little bit less of a workload, he's still productive when he's out on the field. And nothing's going to change that much with Alex Smith. Jamal Charles is still going to have a ton of PPR value. Smith is going to dump it off to him and Travis Kelsey all day. So, I can see a point where Charles, as long as they do stick to keeping him limited, that he's going to be one of the top backs. Yeah. I he's, he's I have faith in him, but uh, that just might be me being confused over, like the top top couple of guys all have their flaws. So uh, Now, who outside of those top four, if you want to pick a sort of a dark horse to, you know, make a Odell Beckham like run to the top of the fantasy charts? Who would you uh, pick as their, your running back choice? I don't know how much of a dark horse he would be, but C.J. Anderson, just for the fact that he's going to see a ton of work if the Broncos stick to keeping Manning a little bit limited. And just with Gary Kubiak and Arian Foster, Arian Foster I think saw like two or three seasons in a row where he saw over 300 carries with uh, with Kubiak. So Kubiak kind of ran him into the ground a little bit, and I think he's going to do that with Anderson. If you're looking a little deeper, I really like a guy like Justin Forsett. A lot of the times in the second round, I was kind of looking at either LaShawn McCoy or DeMarco Murray. And I know with the ADP, you can sometimes get Forsett in round three, but I was just moving ahead to grab him because I like him better than both those guys. I like him with Tressman. Even if he doesn't see 102 receptions like Matt Forte, he could easily double his receiving total from last year. So, I think Forsett might be a guy who can finish in the top five. It's not surprise a lot of people. Yeah, definitely. De- the tres- addition of Tressman definitely helps. Um, my pick would be, and you know, sort of with like your CJ Anderson pick. It's not a great, great sleeper, but I'm on the Jeremy Hill bandwagon 100. percent um, I know the Bengals have AJ Green out there, but I just don't know how much they, they still trust uh, Andy Dalton to really, you know, sling the ball all over the place with his struggle last year and the playoffs and all that stuff. Um, Jeremy Hill looked great last season. They're going to give him the majority of the handoffs and the carries. And Gio Bernard's still there, but 
I, I still see him as just a change of pace back. I am on Jeremy Hill's bandwagon for sure. Um, but I was also thinking someone along the lines of Lamar Miller, who I think doesn't get enough recognition in, in where, what team is he in Miami? For some reason, I was going to say Denver. Um, but that offense has totally improved. They've got some more weapons on the outside. Tannehill looks to be taking a step forward. I think it just opens up some more running room for him. And I know last year was like his first as a really being integrated fully into the offense. I think in his second year, some big things could happen. Um, what are your What are your thoughts on my two choices? Yeah, I do like Hill a lot. If you look at the end of the season, they really did find a way to get uh, Geo in there. He was mainly kind of used in the uh, receiving attack, but they found a way. I think Hill was, like, racking up 100 yards at week 16 and 17, and Geo was scoring a receiving touchdown and getting, like, 35 or 40 yards. So in DPR leagues, Geo, as long as they get him integrated, uh, he still should be solid. And I do like Lamar Miller. They're supposed to look into giving him more than 20 carries this year. I don't think he exceeded 20 at all last year. And with J.I.J. beat up and not nipping at his heels, I think Miller clearly defined himself as the feature back of that offense. And like you said, I think that offense is going to be in for some big things this year. So I think those are two good picks. Yeah. I have high hopes for those guys. Uh, I have a lot of Lamar Miller stock because I saw him falling into the fourth round in uh, a lot of my drafts. And I'm just a big fan of his. I think that offense all around, I'm a big fan of the Dolphins actually this year. Um, I don't have any Ryan Tannehill stock, but um, Jarvis Landry, man, in a PPR league, that guy's going to be gold this year, I think. Um, That's a nice segue into receivers. Uh, Who's your top receiver this year? The very top, I'm going to go with Des Bryant. I think with Murray gone and Robo actually being healthy during the off season, he's going to find a need to throw the ball more. I don't think Joseph Randall worked out like people thought he would, and he pulled in 16 touchdowns last year with as much as Demarco Murray ran. So if Romo has to throw the ball more and healthy, I think he's just going to go nuts this year. Yeah, I was going to say Des Bryant as well. Uh, I know Antonio Brown's the PPR, like the the personification of a PPR receiver. But I agree with those those touchdown numbers. I think he's led the league in touchdowns over the last three or four years. Uh, I think he had 15 last year, like 18 the year before that. And without Demarco Murray, they got to get the ball in the end zone somehow. And like that guy just comes down with the ball when it's um, when it is in the end zone. Um, if I was going to, you know, be different, I think I would go with um, Julio Jones. Is a guy I'm pretty intrigued by. Uh, he was a little banged up last year, if I remember correctly. He still put up some great numbers, but that Falcons team was just just a mess. Um, but I have a lot of faith in Matt Ryan. I like him as a quarterback. And Julio Jones, a lot of people talk about other freaks of nature wide receivers like Des Bryant or Calvin Johnson or, you know, uh, Odell Beckham with his one-handed catches. Julio Jones is, like, equally equally skilled and just has natural gifts that um, I really think could put up a lot of points this season. 
Uh, let me pull up his numbers last year. But, yeah, I think since you took us, Brian, i got to take Julio Jones with – I've got here. 104 receptions, almost 1,600 yards. He only had six touchdowns last year. Uh, I think that's got to uh, go up. And that's and just, you know, balance out a little bit. And that's that's who I'd be taking. What do you think? Yeah, I think we're on the same page with a lot of these guys. I think the Falcons, their original plan was to try to rush the ball more because if you look back in the day when they had Michael Turner, he was pumping out like a 1,000 yards here and there a couple seasons in a row. But um, Coleman, he's an explosive rookie, but he's not really patient, and I don't think he's what Kyle Shanahan really wants. Devontae Freeman speed up, and they don't much, they don't have a lot of depth. And the defense really hasn't improved at all, so – Matt Ryan is still going to need to chuck the ball. Roddy White is just completely beat up. He had elbow surgery, and he reportedly has to get his knee drained now after every game. So it's just going to be Julio and that offense receiving a ton of looks. Yeah. Man, I can't believe you brought up Michael Turner. That was a nice uh, nice throwback to uh, a Michael time. Michael Turner, yeah. I wrote him to a few fantasy championships. <laughs> a time when uh, running backs were king. Um but yeah, I, I think really it's a lot with with how the um, NFL works now. Teams throw so much more. If you can just get a receiver on a team that doesn't have a great running game and has a pretty good quarterback who's just going to need to chuck it, uh, you're, you're looking pretty. Um, but I mean, there's a lot of receivers out there who, uh, let's say, I don't know, I don't like the top, not in the top 50 ADP for players. So if we're going out of the top 15 wide receivers, who who's a, a deeper target of yours than you think could jump into that top 10 or 15 conversation? Going really deep, I don't know about top 15, maybe in PPR leagues exclusively. I like him in the top 20, especially because his ADP is so late, but I really like Kendall Wright this year. Uh, he reportedly has a pretty good rapport with Marcus Mariota, and Mariota's looked good in the preseason, but his kind of go-to is the short and intermediate passes. And Wright, I think he had nine or maybe even a, maybe 100 receptions two years ago, and I think that's going to continue. He's going to see four or five catches each game. Uh, might see like 70 to 80 yards and hauling a touchdown here or there. But in PPR league, I think he's going to be a pretty solid guy to get you 12 to 13 points just for his catches and his yards each week. Man, that is a great pick. Um, that's deeper than I was going to go. But, yeah, I had him two years ago. And he he, didn't, he has never caught a lot of touchdowns in his career. He only has 12 through three years. But in 2013, he had 94 catches, uh, 1,079 yards, and he had 139 targets. Um so he's not—he's not a big play guy, but especially in a PPR league, you don't need that. If he catches seven passes a game for, you know, sixty-five yards or seventy yards, that's a really good day for somebody who isn't, um, you know, making big plays in the end zone. So I commend you on that one. That was a great pick. Um, I was going to go with uh, Jarvis Landry just because a that LSU. All those LSU players seem to really have broken out, and I don't know how they ever lost a game when they had Odell Beckham, Jeremy Hill, and and Jarvis Landry on the team. I guess I guess Zach Mettenberger was not great, but um, he really came on fast last year, or toward the end of last year, I should say. 
I think, like I said with Lamar Miller, that offense is going to be better. I'm not sure how long Devontae Parker's out. Um, and Kenny Still, I know they just brought him in, but I suggest seeing Jarvis Landry as their only really solid and um, reliable passing target. So definitely he's more of a PPR guy than standard league because uh, he had 84 catches last year for only – 750 yards. So his average was nine yards a catch, which is pretty low um, for for a wide receiver. He works out of that slot a lot. I think uh, I think he'll have a longer play than 25 yards this year. Um, at least I hope, because I've drafted Jarvis Landry a lot of times. But uh, another guy I was thinking about was Andre Johnson, and I know. You wouldn't probably call him a sleeper. And, or, but I just think with Andrew Luck there, he's going to get more looks, get more touchdowns, maybe not more targets. But I got to I gotta believe a, a pass thrown from Andrew Luck is a lot easier to catch than a pass thrown from uh, who was their quarterback last year? Ryan Fitzpatrick. Right. So I like Andre Johnson. I'm a little worried about his age and, I mean, he might have, he might be a little washed up, but I think he he's a big touchdown threat this year. Um, do you think? What do you think with Andre? You think he's still got it, or he's uh, it's time for him to hang him up? He's definitely on a much better offense. Can't argue that, and he's playing with one of the best quarterbacks in the game. One of the things I heard though was that Houston was glad to get rid of him, and they thought he was washed up. So that's something kind of concerning that. You know, the average fantasy person, they're not going to have access to to kind of know what's going on behind the scenes. And maybe Houston is more than happy to get rid of them and just kind of focus on DeAndre Hopkins. But I can see him finishing as a top 20 wide receiver, maybe just outside. He's probably going to be a bigger end zone target than T.Y. Hilton or uh, well, the Set or Dante Moncrief. Um, Luck does like his tight ends, though, but... I think it's reasonable to expect a decent season out of him as long as he isn't completely washed up, like you said. Yeah, I'm hoping he's not because, I mean, he's really – he's never really had a great quarterback to uh, throw him the ball. Um, I just think that, that indie team be fun to watch. And what another great transition. My next question was, who do you think has the most usable fantasy roster? Like, which team do you think has the most um, players of the highest value, I guess? So I was thinking something between Green Bay, Denver, Indianapolis. Who do you, which team do you think just has the, the most talent on it? Probably, I'd go with the Eagles, even though that running back situation isn't really clear Ryan Matthews, when he's healthy, he's great. DeMarco Murray, I mean, he had a huge workload last year. But Kelly did a good job splitting them out during the preseason, and I think he was getting something like 50 or 60 yards a game through using each of them for only four or five rushes each time, and he's scoring like one, two, or three touchdowns each time. So I think he has a plan to uh, limit the guys, but definitely get a lot of production out of him. I think Sam Bradford is definitely undervalued, and I think Jordan Matthews is just going to soak up all Jeremy Macklin's um, targets and stuff from last year. So I think in terms of 
quarterback, wide receiver, and running back. Probably the Eagles are the most talented. Really? Wow, that's you're high on Bradford. I I was looking at the uh, Week One standings or rankings, and uh, you took you ranked those people in there, right? Right. Yeah, I forget what I had Bradford exactly, but I know I I, I think my Eagles kind of players are a lot higher up than a lot of the other so-called fantasy experts. I think you had them at like five or something. Um, I'm going to look it up right now, but I was like, oh my god, Jack has him so high. But I've been watching him in the preseason and sort of how they utilized getting the ball out of his hand and how accurate he was. It's not not the worst pick here. Let's look it up right now. You have... Yeah, Sam Bradford is three. Given him as the third best quarterback this week. Um, so I look forward to seeing how that turns out. He kind of caught me off guard with that one. Um, I really like the... Yeah. Oh, God. I, I still like the Broncos um, with Sanders and... Thomas and now C.J. Anderson. I mean, they don't have as much depth as some of these other teams, but uh, I was thinking the Colts for a little while, but like we sort of talked about with Andre Johnson and probably even to Frank Gore, there's questions about, you know, how they'll hold up and how um, how much they have left in the tank. So that, that worries me a little bit. Uh, obviously, Rodgers lost. Um, I can't. Th- I'm just blanking on name. Jordy Nelson. God, how did you? F- Jordy Nelson. He tears his ACL, and I forget him completely. It's sad. He lost. He lost him, um, which is a terrible blow for their offense. But I mean, Devontae Adams. I don't know if he can step into that. I know a lot of people were rushing out to get in deeper leagues at least Jeff Janis, um, which you know was a good speculative play. But with James Jones coming back, I don't really. I don't really see that. Um, if I was going to go with the sleeper one, though, and this is not a homer pick, I promise, I think the Giants' offense could be pretty good with uh, Beckham, uh, Donnell, and I know Cruz is still hurt, but I have a lot of faith in Reuben Randall this year. Um, he was sneaky good towards the end of last season. He's uh hasn't developed as quickly as some of the other receivers from his class and stuff like that, but... I, I, I think you're the one that talked about how maybe I saw you tweeted or something that Eli Manning was really was really high on Ruben Randall through camp or something like that. So I think the Giants could be right. uh, could be a pretty fun offense to watch. Yeah, he said he thought Randall was going to be the kind of breakthrough player this year, which I thought was surprising. And I, yeah, I forget where I, I talked about this, but. I thought it was surprising when Ben Roethlisberger said Marcus Whedon was going to be a breakout player over Martavis Bryant, and then three or four days later, Martavis Bryant got hit with that suspension. So maybe Eli knows something about the health of Cruz, or maybe Odell Beckham has some hamstring issues, or maybe they think he's just going to be shadowed so much that he's going to have a hard time getting open. But Ruben's still really young. He's only 24, and each season he almost tripled or at least doubled his numbers. So... Uh, I think that's a really good pick, and they do have some interesting options on offense. I cannot believe Ruben Randall is younger than me, and he's been in the NFL for like <laughs> this is like his fourth year. Um, I think Eli is a little. I think if the offensive line of the Giants holds up, 
Eli could be, you know, a pretty viable fantasy starter. Because when he's had protection, you know, he's, he's done good things with the ball. It's just usually he's flat on his back and uh, throwing the ball up for grabs. Um, but back to your team for a second. You didn't really mention Nelson Aguilar. What do you you think he's uh, could be a top, I don't know, 30 receiver, top 40 receiver? Or do you think it's more Jordan Matthews and then everybody else just sort of has a game or two where they, they contribute, but it's sort of hit or miss? Yeah, I think he's a good pick in a best ball league. I remember in one of my NFL pens last year, I picked up Macklin and Jordan Matthews. So I kind of capitalized on whenever one of those guys would have a good week or if they each would. But I think uh, Chip Kelly kind of likes the more developed players and guys who kind of buy into his system and are ready a little more than some of the rookies. And he's going to have his weeks, but you have to remember Riley Cooper's still there, Brent Selleck's still there, and who they have one more. Uh, Miles Austin is even still on the roster, I believe. So Kelly's just going to look for opportunities to exploit defenses and use whoever he thinks is best to capitalize on the situation. So I think Matthews is the guy. He's just going to soak up all Macklin's books and be the guy to own in Philly. Yeah, I think that too. I like Aguilar, and I wrote a whole little recap, or not recap, but like a write-up on him back in July. He was a great player at USC, but I just don't see a quick transition for him into being like an Odell Beckham type or, or even a Mike Evans. I think he'll have a lot of catches and some yards. I don't know if he's going to get the touchdowns to really be an elite uh, elite receiver right away. Um, but then again, that Eagles offense is so dynamic and hard to cover. You never know who could be getting the ball. You didn't even mention Zach Ertz, who seems to be like a lot of people's favorite you know, mid-round tight end pick. Um, yeah, I'm a little down on Earth just because he's hurt, and apparently his blocking didn't improve enough to beat out Brent Selleck. So I, I was huge on him to start the off season, but really slid down on him as soon as I heard that stuff. Yeah, and Selleck's always been very, very consistent. Even like he's not a flashy guy, but even going back to Andy Reid days, like he was a pretty good player. So people sort of look overlook him because of Selleck, but I, I'm with you there. Selleck still definitely got some value. Um, On to my last category of uh, for us to project, and that is just rookies. Um, since we did talk about you know pre-draft and right after the draft, we've talked a little bit about rookies before. But you know, with with camp going and injuries and all that stuff, who do you think? And we'll take quarterbacks out of it for right now because those are a little different. Which uh, skill position player do you think is going to be the highest scoring rookie this year? If you're talking about PPR, I'm going to go with Amari Cooper. He is the best option in Oakland right now. Uh, Even Carr somewhat made James Jones relevant. He just was really looking for a receiver to kind of favorite and target, and Jones kind of ended up being that guy. And with the second year under his belt, uh, I think Carr is really going to connect a lot with Cooper. Cooper could be a guy who sees anywhere from 80 to 100 receptions next year. So he just has a ton of value. And I think Carr had the sixth most passing attempts last season. So he's definitely not afraid to throw the ball. 
And it's good that he's starting the season off with Latavius Murray and he has Roy Hulu because that takes a little bit of pressure off him. Yeah. I, I, I heard, I think from Bill Barnwell at Grantland, that Derek Carr was the top-rated quarterback in the red zone last year. Um, I think his QBR was like 97 or something. I don't know if he'll be able to repeat that, but it shows the guy knows what to do with the ball in the red zone. And I think a lot of those attempts are going to go to Cooper. Um, so I can see that. Uh, I'm going to go uh, with, oh God, which running back do I want to pick? I'm going to say Todd Gurley. Um, I know there's still some reports on when he's coming back, but that guy was a freak of nature at Georgia. And if he comes back quickly, I think he could easily get 1,200 yards. So, I'm I'm on the Gurley bandwagon. If he is able to come back quickly, if not, um, I don't I don't want to pick Melvin Gordon. I'm, I've heard his blocking hasn't been great. So if if Gurley doesn't come back, I'd I'd side with you there on Cooper. But uh, which uh, actually, let me ask you that: which running back do you think will have more, Gurley or, or Gordon? It really depends on when he comes back, like you said. I think Gurley is more talented, and Gordon worries me with Danny Woodhead in there. Danny Woodhead supposed to see all the catches, and Gordon didn't catch too many passes in college. I'm really not big on a lot of these rookie running backs. You go look at guys like T.J. Yeldon. I heard that the Jaguars were actually thinking about naming Denard Robinson the starter, so we heard all this stuff about how Yeldon's going to be the starter and blah, blah, blah. But it looks like he didn't necessarily do enough to kind of earn that. Uh, Coleman, I think, just needs more time to develop. I'm trying to – Duke Johnson could be a little bit of a sleeper if he can get past his injuries and go through the uh, concussion protocol and everything. Uh, other than that, I mean, a lot of these rookie running backs are just beat up and they have a lot of barriers to try to find success in year one. So probably Gurley, especially since you can probably found him falling a little bit in your drafts because nobody knew when he's going to start. Yeah, um, I like the Duke Johnson thing. I was just going to bring that up. I really liked him before the draft. I know he has Isaiah Crowley or Crowell. I don't know how to say his last name. I think it's Crowell. Um, in front of him, and he has, he has to go through the concussion protocol, but he's Miami's all-time leading running back, or rusher, and that team has, that college has turned out some great running backs before. So I, I think he has the skills for it. It's just going to be getting getting the opportunity. Um you didn't mention everybody's favorite rookie sleeper, Amir Abdullah on Detroit. I know he has Drake Bell in front of him, but people are – I've heard a few people on Twitter compare him to Barry Sanders. What do you uh, – what are you thinking about him? Yeah, I actually completely forgot him. So he'd actually probably be a little bit ahead of Gurley for me at least. For whatever reason, they just want to start him off on a committee with Bell or maybe Theo Riddick if Bell's not healthy. But I think he's going to be – the Reggie Bush role that they're looking for, and he's really going to improve Matthew Stafford's ability to just get rid of the ball quickly. And Abdullah's a playmaker, so he's going to earn his spot. So he might have a little bit more value than Gurley just because he's going to play longer. Yeah, he'll come in right away, and uh, we know he'll be playing week one. And when Reggie Bush was healthy for, I don't know, that half of a year in uh, Detroit, he put up some some great run-pass numbers. Um, and if Abdullah can replicate that, I think he's got a really good chance of pushing Cooper, Amari Cooper, for uh, Rookie of the Year. But 
that uh those are all the you know pickums I had um I'll ask you uh what else could I ask? I think that's all I got. I mean, I could ask, oh, you know what? Let's go. If you're taking a rookie quarterback, because we haven't said anything about quarterbacks, this will be our last one. Are you going with Mariota or uh, or Winston as your starter? Originally, I really liked Winston. Uh, the pocket passing, that was kind of important to kind of transition to the NFL. And I actually took him in the Scott Fishball. I think either as my second or third quarterback. But I know it was just the preseason, but Mariota showed a lot of boys. And he's kind of proven a lot of people wrong. And just with his rushing abilities, as long as he can stay healthy, I love mobile quarterbacks. And he has good weapons in Delaney Walker, Kendall Wright. If Darrell Beckham can, uh, you know, develop throughout the year, I mean, he's a, he's a freak athlete like we were talking about. So I, I'm going to lean towards Mariota at this point. Yeah. Um, like you, I, was on, I, I, I would have picked Winston, you know, when the preseason started because with Mike Evans and – Vincent Jackson, I think he has the two best receivers out of the bunch. Um, but Mike Evans has been hurt. Vincent Jackson, you know, he's sort of on the decline. And um, looking at the preseason numbers, like you said, not totally important. But Winston's completion percentage was like 48%. Um, I think he was like 20 for 47 or something like that. While Mariota was 21 for 30. So, yeah, I'd go with Mariota as well. Just and you know what? Even if the, the game sort of breaks down, those fifty, sixty rushing yards he could possibly get that, that could be a nice little addition. And while Winston can move, I don't know that offensive line in Tampa Bay, I think is not great, and he's going to face a lot of pressure right up the middle. Might not have a lot of chances to scramble. So Mariota, it is. Um, Jack, why don't you? Uh, you know, give out your information again. We'll uh, end this podcast and get ready for tomorrow night. Yeah, you can check me out on Twitter at your FF Coach, and I actually have an article coming out this weekend on so-called fantasy experts that looks at all the games on Sunday and Monday. So make sure to check that out. I go over some of the point spreads and what to watch out for. Oh yeah, I should have mentioned. We should, I should have mentioned that too. So that's your weekly column you'll be doing. Yeah, I believe it comes out every Friday, so. All right, and I will be doing the rookie report. I think it comes out on Tuesdays. I submit it on Tuesdays anyway. Um, so if you are looking for the next Odell Beckham Jr., hopefully I can help you find him before anybody else does. Uh, that'll be out on Tuesday. Jack, thank you again. We'll have to get you on here, I don't know, after three or four weeks of the season, we can take the temperature of how some of our, our picks have gone for our top receiver and all that stuff. And uh, maybe a dark horse we didn't even pick will come into the, the race and we can talk about why we didn't pick him or how great it is that uh, Mike Wallace is good again or something random like that. Um, not sure that'll happen, but uh, all right. For Jack, this, Jack Delaney, Travis Festor for so-called fantasy experts. Thank you for tuning in. We will see you again next week, Wednesday night. We'll have a whole week of, Real football to talk about. How great is that? Until next time, guys, see ya.